I'm Katie Wallace, host of the Sustainable League, introducing you to the people making an impact in their own way and exploring what it really takes to build a more sustainable and resilient world. If you're feeling it, please subscribe. And if you're really feeling it, we welcome your reviews and connect with us on any of our social media channels for more paradigm shifting banter. This week on Sustainable League, I chat with Jordan Carroll. He's an ambassador for the remote work movement and has been traveling for the past year and some odd time now. Helping others to do the same, he's a career coach for aspiring remote workers. He's an international speaker and hosts an online series with founders around the world called One Minute Weekly. We chat about two fast tracks to bringing about significant mindset shifts, travel and plant medicines. Now, there are an infinite amount of ways to bring about these shifts, but I've seen these crop up amongst many people who are constantly working to build towards a more sustainable and resilient world and wanted to look at some of the reasons why. You're uninvited from this podcast. Ending recording now. (laughs) What is up, you guys? I am here with Jordan Carroll. If you don't know him, you need to know him. You are one of my favorite humans, but for people that don't know you already, why don't you introduce yourself? Give us a little background to who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, thanks, Katie, for having me on. I appreciate it. You're also one of my favorite humans. Um, It's been really awesome getting to know you the past couple years. And for anybody who doesn't know what I do, I'm an ambassador for the travel and work movement and remote work movement in general. So I really want to pioneer the industry of like the flexible workforce, making sure that people understand that they can work pretty much anywhere in the world and take advantage of what technology has given us. So I do that in a few different ways. I help people find remote jobs through my company, which is just my own personal brand and and different courses and content that I put out. And I also work for Remote Year, which is a company that curates four and 12 month travel programs for people that can work remotely to basically give them a plug and play way to travel while they're uh, currently working. Nice, very cool. Wait, have we talked about you like so, like doing your own thing? Like, I mean, I know you had a company before, but um, have we talked mm. about this? So it actually, yeah, I had a, you know, my own company before, but it's kind of like evolved into what it is now where mm. I've really, really niched my focus down to helping people find remote work, like remote, remote employment in, in specific, because there's a lot of different companies out there that are now instituting more flexible workforces. Those are big companies and startups. And a lot of people don't necessarily know the right way to find where those jobs are and how to effectively apply to those jobs, interview for those jobs, and use that whatever transferable skills that they've had from past positions to apply it to a remote job because it's really not as easy to just pick up from an office job that you have and then all of a sudden be remote and like be as effective. So there's a lot of different things in there to consider. And what I've tried to do um, with my clients now is help them find that job and then also be effective at being a remote employee. Nice. Okay, so I talk a lot about sustainability being a mindset and how people have to have a significant mindset shift in order to build towards a sustainable society that we would need to actually, well, that I think we would need to continue the freaking human species, right? So um, the reason why I wanted to have you on was to talk about two things, which I already told you about these two things. 
I'm kind of scared to talk about one of them. Not really scared, but just it's going to be interesting to like hear people's perspectives on it. But Stig number one, stigmatized. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so number one, obviously travel and what that does as far as mindset goes. But the second one is plant medicines. And um, mm -hmm. you wrote, I checked out your article that you wrote, and I was like, feel, I was like, yes, this is something that I really want to talk about because. I mean, I have experiences with them as well, and I've—I don't think I've never publicly talked about them, you know. So yeah. I guess the first thing that I want to talk about is travel and what that does to your mindset, right? How that shifts your mindset. How yeah. has traveling? And I feel like it's a little bit different, right? Because you live abroad, like you're living and like always in a different space. But how has it shifted your mindset? Yeah, I think I've become a lot more minimalistic like in general, like not needing as many things. So I think the idea is to apply all this to like sustainability, right? As far as how this mindset can, can shift as you're traveling. But I think that was one of the biggest things was that I ended up donating like a lot of my things back in California that I put in storage and I ended up not needing really that storage. It was like, I had so many things that I wasn't using and there was a huge uh, campfire up in, in Paradise, California. I'm not sure if you were, mm -hmm. if you heard about that. Um, my aunt and my grandma were actually living in Paradise. They're, you know, their homes are gone and a lot of other people have like homes that are gone. So one thing that was timely about my last time that I left was being able to donate like a large portion of those things to the people in Paradise. Um, actually, my dad took a bunch of stuff up there because he goes up there like every month. So I think when I think about my mindset and how it's shifted as I've traveled more, I've needed less. Like I've needed less things like physically and, and it becomes easier to just like, I, I have a carry on. I've been traveling for about a year with a carry on. Um, and, and I haven't needed more than that. I've had the same clothes the entire time. Um, I wash them less, <laughs> not, you know, it's just part of it. Like you end up wearing shirts uh, or jeans probably a little bit more than you you would otherwise because you're not always in a great uh this is not a great thing to admit but great whatever. for the environment uh, great for the environment Tell yeah yeah I'm, like, I'm trying to be on brand for you katie <laughs> um and i think uh from other perspectives like it makes me it, it forces me to make decisions quicker and like be okay with my decisions because when you're traveling and you're gonna have so many daily decisions that you don't have if you're say you're in dallas right and you know like how your daily routine is going to go you wake up and maybe there's um you know a, a place that you love to go to for lunch and there's like certain things that you do for the day like you know all those things because you know the area you've like embedded your life there but when you're in a different country you don't know the place like you have to figure things out every day on a very granular level that you maybe wouldn't have to if you were in your hometown so for me mindset shift wise decisions are a lot easier like i make decisions very quickly and i don't fret about them like i don't worry like if i made the wrong decision it's just like oh, okay i learned that now next time i'll do it a little bit differently um and you, you trial by error so i have a lot less fear of like anything like i feel like i can just go anywhere and i'm not gonna like have fear of actually going there and once i'm there i'm gonna feel capable and like confident in my ability to survive and like be okay yeah that's just so real like I, that's why so I love solo travel because 
exactly that. Like it shows you kind of what you're capable of because especially when, like when you do have a home, it, it is very comfortable. And because we're always trying to make order of things, right? Like that's just sort of innately like a human thing. We need to make order. We move towards what makes sense to us. And so then that's nice too. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes it's nice to get out in the jungle and like see what the fuck you're made of, you know? And mm. just like figure it out. Like not being able to speak yeah like not being able to like not knowing where how to get anywhere but you figure it out right like, you know you come back unscathed and you know it's like really interesting too so last night this kid he's actually a whiz kid his name's Aaron Lawson I don't know if you know him he's here in Dallas I don't know why you would know him um but he was like this lady asked a question and she was like what's your number one piece of advice it's like someone who's he's 17 he graduated when he was 15 he's an entrepreneur he's a creative creative He's from Nigeria. He, I mean, he's like a, a first generation immigrant. Um, and he was like to travel. He was like, when you visit different countries and like when you specifically visit third world countries, you see a lot of stuff and you realize here in the States or, you know, in more developed countries that you live in a bubble, you know? Okay. And I know, yeah, like for me, when I was in the Philippines, like as soon as we got to Manila, um and we're driving in this bus and there's like a two-year-old naked in the street like his mom's like selling water bottles and you're like yeah I'm definitely not in America anymore you know yeah. so I think that definitely does something to you as well it's like yeah that's the end so of my was that the was that the last trip for you that that you had that feeling of don't try to turn this on me this is this is this is my podcast Okay. what do you mean like what do you mean like that feeling like um you know the the feeling like the the essence of his response to that question is to travel and to experience different cultures and to have kind of some of that shock maybe that is associated with that because you grow and learn from that perspective and sometimes it takes a jarring like scene like that you see in front of you that you wouldn't see where you live um in your home country like was that the last mm -hmm. time for you that you had that feeling I think that's like the biggest one that spurred me to action because like everything mm -hmm. that I had been, cause I was in 2015 or 2016 and everything that I had been talking about up to that point was just all in theory. It was like, I want to do good things. Mm -hmm. Right. But then like yeah. going there, it became very real. And it was like, no, the, yeah. the stuff that you're trying to do is because you want to help other people who maybe don't have mm -hmm. access to opportunities or like different, you know, like just basic necessities. And I just feel like that's totally unacceptable, you know? Um, so anyway, so, um, it's a good test of your motivation though, too, right? Cause you said yeah. it's a really something where you see what you're made of, but it's also not only like, like physically or mentally, like how strong you are, but like, what is your motivation? Cause once you get there and, and you realize what, what you're dealing with, you also find out like, what am I really here for? Like, am I really here for the idea of it? Or am I here for some of those underlying things that I thought that I was here for? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Okay, so what was your motivation then for like setting out on your adventure? Your big giant year. How long has it been now? It's been a year. It's been a year. It's been over a year. Yeah, it's been over yeah. a year. Um, you know, I think that growth just in general is like always been like the main motivator in my life like learning and growth so I seek that out in different ways I've always 
I've always looked for ways to learn about things that I didn't know about. And I've always found interest in growth, uh, personally, professionally, and also helping other people find that in themselves. So I just knew at one point that I wanted to travel. And then I think once I had the availability to do it, and I really had no other excuses, I finally had to look myself in the mirror and be like, would you regret it, like not doing it? And the, the clear answer was yes. So then every other thing that stood in the way, I like got rid of. And I was like, this, this is gonna happen. It's the priority, number one. And I wasn't gonna take no for an answer. Yeah. It just reminded me of a conversation that we had actually. We talked about, oh yeah, I was still in my, uh, that job that I just like did not resonate with me whatsoever. And, and I was just sort of like bitching about it. And I was like, this and this and this, and it's like everybody else's problem and that why it's not working. And you were just like, oh, it sounds like it's not working because you don't want it to work. And it was like that moment that I was like, oh, shit. That's right. And I, yeah, I swear that was when I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get out of this job, actually. I like that was sort of like the moment I was like, damn, I'm out of excuses because I'm just sitting here making up shit now. Like, and it was kind of cool. And you kind of have that, like, I feel like you're really good at that, like, <laughs> telling the truth to people, maybe, when they can't see it, when it's, it's blatantly obvious, but, you know, sometimes people are so stuck in their shit, they can't see it. What's What's been interesting about, like, my job is I talk to people all day about their travel dreams, and what comes with that is, like, what are the things that are separating them from doing them? Like, what are the what's the gap, right? Like I talk to people that want to do remote year, for instance, which are different programs for people to travel around the world and, and live their dream, right? Like work their job that they currently have, take that on the road if they can, because they can work remotely. But there's so many different things that people will put in front of themselves as far as like what will stop them from committing. But at the end of the day, it's like you commit to traveling first, you commit to something first, and then you take out the obstacles. Like another analogy would be if you if you want to move, like you want to move to a different house, right? Mm-hmm. Would you start like moving all of your shit out of your house into storage before you had gotten a new place? No. Why would you do exactly. that? Exactly. So you commit <laughs> to the you, you commit you commit to the yeah. new place first, and then yeah. you move your stuff to the storage. So there's all these like logistical like things that come in between someone doing something, but the commitment is really what drives everyone's behavior. Like you're either committed to something or you're not. And yeah, there's extraneous circumstances that will deprioritize certain things for you. But I think you have to recognize like that deprioritization, like instead of saying, I can't do it, it's like, I'm prioritizing not to do it. Yeah, no, totally. And to kind of like relate this back to sustainability so people kind of understand, it's kind of a paradox, right? Like we want to change the world or change other people. The first, like the only thing you could do is change yourself, right? And that right. is the greatest paradox in itself because you don't actually go like go out and change the world. You just continue to evolve yourself and then shit yeah. starts to change around you, you know? And it's like either yeah. it's the way that you look at it or it's what you put your energy into. So I think like, that's why travel and plant medicines can be so powerful because you can learn all these lessons by sitting in one place 
right? You don't need to do all these things to be able to do it, but it's like the difference between riding a bike and um, taking a rocket ship to, to the freaking moon, right? Like you would rather go rocket ship. Is that what they call them still? Rocket ship? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. It is, yeah. yeah. It sounds weird. <laughs> I don't know if I like, sound like freaking Elton John. To go off of that belief is a really poor substitute for experience. Like not actually experiencing something like mm. compared to like the belief of something. Contempt prior to investigation. Yeah. Like you already have like this like freaking like you're like, oh, I've already like thought about it, so therefore I've experienced it, yet you really mm. haven't. It's just like all your preconceived notions of of said thing. Sounds like the good fallacy. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So let's get into this other topic that I don't know why I'm gonna be so weird about it. Like <laughs> what why did you want to take that trip you know like what what was like mm. happening that made you think like this is the thing that I need right now yeah well I think we should probably preface with like what you're talking about oh yeah so, I'm really bad at doing that I'm a horrible teacher that's okay yeah. well back a little background um yeah in January I was in Peru I was spending most of my time in Lima and I had an opportunity to go to the Amazon jungle and uh, do ayahuasca for the first time. So I did that and it was amazing. Um, so what, why would someone do that? Well, wait times, what is ayahuasca? Should, yeah. should we also tell people? Cause a lot of people don't know what that is. I guess so you want to take yeah. this one? Um, okay, so ayahuasca is just like one of, the, it's like, I mean, it's essentially a plant medicine. It's made from leaves and what stems from another plant. Both of these substances are not psychoactive on their own, but the leaves contain DMT um, that if you just ingest the leaves, it wouldn't work, but you brew them together into this, like, it's like, a, it's a drink, basically. Um, and because you brew it with the stems from this other plant, like, your body is not able, because typically your body can just, like, digest it uh, or, like, break down the DMT, but, like, um, it like stops your enzymes from working and um, so you're able to have um, a hallucinogenic experience essentially but it's been used like it's been used for good, I mean, yeah. we pretty much evolved with plant medicines like Native Americans, peyote, um, I can't think of oh mushrooms like freaking I feel like Christmas like Christmas like directly came from mushrooms essentially um, but now it's like Jesus's birthday um, okay but that's that's essentially what it is. Okay, so now tell us. Okay, um, so I think I, what would kind of prompted me to look into it in general was just feedback from other people that I had known in trust who have told me that they've done it and gotten a lot out of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think when you're when you're thinking about doing some sort of uh, a hallucinogenic medicine, quote unquote, plant medicine, awesome. Uh, you want to think about what your intention is ahead of time because if I think back to like when I was younger because I've had my fair share of um, drug abuse when I was younger there was never any intention behind it and I think for the first time I really had like an intention behind doing something like this where it was ceremonial and I knew that I was going to be with people that were experienced you know shamans and, and people that were going to take care of me and I trusted the situation. Anything that came 
out of that, I didn't want to set too many expectations, but I wanted to set the intention that I wanted to know more about myself. I wanted to know more about my relationship with my family. I wanted to know more about my relationship with the earth and the world. And all these different things came up during that ceremony. So it was, it was incredibly valuable and I would absolutely do it again. And I would recommend it to people who want a, uh, a kind of experience that will give them some enlightenment, but also like challenge their traditional ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Any sort of hallucinogen has been sort of demonized um, here, I guess, pretty recently in human history, which is really, really interesting. Like there was just this time where they just started classifying, um, yeah. especially hallucinogens as co- like schedule one drugs. And they just like left it on schedule one, which means that it mm-hmm. doesn't have any medicinal benefits. And that means that it's highly addictive, which as you know, I'm sure you're not like fiending for more ayahuasca at this point, are you? Are you just like, oh, I can't no. wait to like down another cup? Yeah, it's miserable, right? Well, I had the, I actually had the opportunity to the next day and I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like I, I, like it was a very draining experience energy wise because you put mm-hmm. so much of your, of your heart into it and, and your soul into it. I mean, yeah, I couldn't think about it the next day as far as like, doing it again but uh, you know giving myself enough time uh, I would definitely like to do it again yeah and it's and it's legal here so I think that's the biggest difference right is like here in South America um there's a different perception around what it is what it does and, and how it helps people is there just like this really significant shift or like what were you going through when you were going through that experience yeah and I think we should leave the the detailed article in the comments like for people yeah. to read because it's like way way more expansive than I'd want to go into really but yeah yeah but there's like a couple of interesting things that happened during that time like the whole room had kind of like shifted in this alternate universe in a way where it's kind of hard to explain what exactly I was feeling but I felt like I was in a place that was more real than this world and time, time was different. Um, and for the first time I was very present with my thoughts and it's so easy for us to, to be distracted all day in the future, in the past. But I think I had some clarity around, you know, future and past, like not really existing. Like they're just concepts of like moments that have happened or that are to happen and we can get so wrapped up in those that we don't think about what's actually happening right now in front of us so i had this weird like relationship with time where i could see like the moments happening as they were happening and you know people think that these hallucinogenic experiences are all about just seeing a bunch of shit all over the place but it's really about coming to a sense like internally with like different realities and concepts that you haven't imagined yet and then like tapping into like what what they mean to you and then having that whole like concept of time like reimagined was interesting because i could see where my ego was coming in to a lot of my daily life and you start to get shown and, and almost explained like by yourself like you with the, the help of this medicine to like understand certain things that maybe you've done or, or maybe you're doing that you might want to change. So one of those things for me was like taking ego more out of my um, stories that I'm telling myself 
because almost every single thing that happens, I have a thought and a story that's told inside my head and my ego is like playing with that and like determining how I think about something. But at the end of the day, like each moment and each thing that happens, it just happens. It doesn't have to be good or bad. And we often just like have to associate like good or bad with everything. So I think that that was like one of the key things for me. Oh, that's so good. Cause I'm all like, I talk a lot about um, perceived positive and negative outcomes of like of situations, right? And it's like, yeah. like to your point, like things are just happening. Like there's never anything good. Or, I mean, it's, it, I guess you could say it's good, but it's just like, they're just things that are happening, you know? Um, and I think, I feel like, <laughs> and this is just like, I guess it's like being in America and we're kind of like constrained here to this. But, like, I feel like people should have free reign over, like, if they want to explore their consciousness. And I think that's sort of the problem, right, is that you're able to, like, there's where divisiveness could be used um, by you not knowing yourself and, like, being so disconnected from other people. This, like, shatters that immediately because I've had really, like, I'm kind of, like, I'm, like, doing this, like, weird shaking thing because I'm, like, thinking about this, like, experience that I had like to your point like the first experience I had not with um ayahuasca but with um with something else that and it was actually my partner who introduced me to this idea of like don't seek these things out because like I feel like that's part of using them rightly you know mm -hmm. and that like you'll cross paths with them when it's like time for you to you know yeah. and so that was like four years ago and then lo and behold two years later I was in a super dark place. I mean, I was, um, what is it? Not like, not suicidal, like I'm going to go kill myself, but just like the idea that like, what else is there? You know, like just feeling yeah. numb to everything. Apath and, almost apathetic, apathetic, yeah. right? Yeah, especially, and you, maybe you understand like once you, because I, I have a history with drug and alcohol abuse and, and once you go down so low and then you're able to kind of like, you've like seen all the spectrums, you know, like you see how bad it can get and you see how good it can get. And then you're just like, you just find yourself in a weird place sometimes, especially like if you already have some sort of like chemical shit going on. I don't know. I never know what to equate it to. Right. Um, anyway, I forgot. What I, oh yeah. And so then two years later in this really dark place, I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I've been off medication for seven years. But I'm, I'm seriously considering going back on because I don't know what, what will happen if I don't, you know, like it was sort of like you're getting to a scary place. And then having this experience where you ingest this um, plant and all of a sudden you just get it, you know, and it's not like the different like images. It's like it's what you're talking about, going into it with intention and really treating it like doing it responsibly and your environment is everything because you like when you go into situations like that or with experiences like that you're experiencing you're absorbing the energy from everything that is around you which is like why it's like yeah. so good for you to like be in the jungle when you're having an ayahuasca experience and being surrounded yeah. by people who are on the same trip and like just being connected to the earth and it sounds really hippy dippy but I mean that shit's like that's not hippy dippy it's science like everything has energy everything is like vib these vibrating particles i gotta stop that's talking a, actually right now no no that's but that's like a great lead into another one of the very important things i took out of it which was everything's connected through energy 
like we're all at the very common denominator made up of particles of energy matter whatever and we do have vibrations we do have we we emit types of energy right and, and frequencies or however you want to classify it so when i realized that i was like okay well i consumed the ayahuasca right well the ayahuasca was part of these plants right and those plants were made by a shaman like like mixed in um to this mm -hmm. concoction by a shaman right and then they were taken from these plants that were living that were supporting animal life that were rain it had been it rained on and it, the sun had like everything had like interacted with everything so i'm in this like crazy like mindset right where like I'm thinking about like the wood, like I'm laying on this wood and I'm like, this wood is made from a tree, that tree supported life. The, like when you eat something, you're not eating just that thing. You're eating everything that, that ever came into contact with that thing or everything that that thing consumed. So mm -hmm. in essence, we're all fucking just everything. Like, yeah. like we're all like playing off of one another. We're all the same as one another in, in that level of energy. So what kind of energy are you putting out there? Like, are you, are you putting peaceful energy into the world? Are you, um, you know, smiling at the world? Because it's going to smile back at you. If you frown at it, it's going to frown back at you. And I think the way that we treat other people in our environment is so important. This goes back to your sustainability. The sustainability of the, the environment around you is largely due to how you treat yourself and how you treat yourself. So, like when I came to that realization in that ceremony of like this energy thing, it was just like, whoa, like this is crazy. I never felt more connected to the jungle. And like, I'd never been in the, in the Amazon, <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, I'm in it. I am the jungle, I, yeah. I am, I am it, right? So it was like all these levels of like, oh, you drinking some miracle, you drinking my guayaki, I love guayaki. I don't know what um, I wish they would sponsor me. Jeez, just sponsor me. I already. try to get them to sponsor me too. Let's do a dual sponsorship. Let's work on it. Let's just like um, keep hitting them up. <laughs> um, but it was like crazy to to come to all those realizations at that time. And then the last big thing was like silence. Like silence is so precious. It's so amazing. Why do we always have to fill it? Why do we always have to like rush to feel weird? I think our ego does a good job making us feel uncomfortable with silence. Mm -hmm. And when I was in that ceremony, some of the most peaceful moments that I'd had was when we were all sitting in silence. We didn't need to like say anything to each other. We didn't need to do anything. You just kind of sit there in silence. And this is why one of my goals coming out of that was to do a silence uh, retreat, like a silent retreat somewhere. Um, but I just, I, I learned a little bit more about wanting to be aware of what I'm saying, the language that I'm putting out into the world, because it is so important and questioning myself, like, do I need to say something right now? Or can I just like, shut up? Mm. So here's what happened for me. I was like taken to these different places and I was shown these different things, right? And and it wasn't like the visualizations didn't necessarily have to do anything with what it was showing me, but it was telling me a story through how I felt. And it was taking me back to like these places and these things that like, um, like I could, I could cry right now thinking about it, but like, so I'm really going to try hard not to, but it was taking me back to these places and to these things that I had blocked off 
so deeply that I, I didn't even know that they were there. Um, and that I was just like, like to your point, saying that like, I am a depressed person, this is what it's, but I just had to dig a little deeper, but I didn't know how to get there. Cause these, I mean, when you have these blocks, um, you sort of need to be blasted off to be, to be able to see them clearly, right? Um, and so to go from being suicidal and then six hours later um, coming out and like really understanding like the connectedness and to be able to zero in on what exactly I was trying to accomplish. Like, where am I trying to go? Mm. Why, am, why, is that, why does everything have to be so separate? And I think that's something that's really cool that like comes from it. Um, so yeah, I feel like I just kind of derailed us, but yeah, that's what I was going to say in that story. That's what I was thinking. But besides it's a perspective that, shift. it's a perspective shift, right? Yeah, like totally. You're, you're seeking like you, when you're in such a desperate time or in such a like crazy state of mind, sometimes you just need a perspective shift. And it's almost like these medicines are just a conduit to get you to that shifted perspective. Yeah. Like, just like people would take medication, um, like anti-depression medication to change their perspective or change like the chemicals in their brain. It's the same thing. It's just acting differently in your, in your yeah. system. And, and it's probably more sustainable. Like, I think it's more sustainable to be able to do some plant medicine every few times than to always be taking like prescription pills, right? Because those things can be very addictive and they can be very harmful. I think, I think too, to speak to the benefits, I guess, as far as the things that it's able to treat, right? So we already talked about depression, but I mean, it's like, it's been shown to like create new, new neural pathways, um, supports neuroplasticity. Um, there was like certain cancers that were shown to like basically um, apoptosis, like the cells would like whatever, commit apoptosis, okay? They would like kill themselves off in certain types of cancers. So I don't know. But there were studies that I've seen. Um, some were on rats, but some were actually on humans. So there's like a lot of actual mm. benefits to it just beyond just like the mental health aspect and like PTSD and anxiety and yeah. um, addiction. The freaking... I'm sure you're familiar with anonymous programs around some substances, yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the founders in one of these programs, actually, it's like so he supposedly took LSD um, to be able to come off a certain substance. So that's really interesting, right? And I feel like these are, these are things that we don't really look at because, um, because we're kind of conditioned to think a certain way, yeah. um, whether we like it or not. And I think it's getting people to kind of see that, that your whole life up to this point. And, it's, and I think that's why it's hard for people to see that is because no one wants to wake up at 30, 40, 50 years old and realize that they've been living a life dictated to what other people have told them. You know, they've been living a life for everyone else except for themselves. There's a lot of stigma, right? So yeah. it's almost like the education of the benefits of it have to come first and then slowly I think people come around to things but you know legality has to be taken into consideration and then the stigmas because much like marijuana where you see it being decriminalized in a lot of states but not federally yeah you know there's still a ton of stigma around it even in the states where it's where it's legal yeah and safety and responsibility right because 
I think you you do have to treat these things very responsibly. Like it's definitely not something to play with because if you're going into it with the with certain intentions that aren't the best, like if you're just wanting to have a good time, like these are the wrong things for you to do. Like this it's is not like, a recreational. Yeah, yeah not this recreational. is like <laughs> this is like some personal growth stuff, or you're gonna go to some dark places because you need to be primed yeah. to go into these places and like be ready, or else it'll just be pointless because you have to integrate this stuff for it to be. Um, I don't know if we could be useful in your day-to-day life because why else would you do it, you know? Um, but yeah, so I think, and obviously these aren't the only two ways to get a mindset shift, mindset shift. These are just two really quick ways that you can get a mindset shift. What's, We're thinking a little out of the box. This is probably not the normal like LinkedIn conversation or wherever this video ends up. So I don't I know think, if I'm going to talk about this but. Yeah, I, well, I think the idea is like, it would be really good for people to open their mind in general, yeah. to just, to just listen. Because it was the moment that you shut things down, just because the merit of what you've been told your entire life is the moment that you don't learn. And, and I think it's really good when we as a society can just be a society of learners and like mm-hmm. wanting to, to get more information and give more information and receive more information. So that's what I hope comes out of this conversation. Even if just one person's perspective is shifted by the conversation that we're having, where they'll think about plant medicine a little bit differently. Right. And not just think it's for people who just want to, like go off and forget about life. It's like very intentional. In fact, it's the opposite for most people that do it. Um, it is very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And I think like, and I feel like people are starting to kind of more come around to it as more science is being done and like maps is doing really great work. I'm sort of demystifying this stuff because it just seems like people going down to the jungle and just like doing weird hippie shit. But now it's like, no, there's actually some like proven um, trials and things like that. And, and people who have been suffering with PTSD and like on and on and on everything that I've already said. So is there anything else that you want to throw out into the sustainable league ether that might be beneficial to folks or anything? Do you want to talk or about anything? anything? Um, well, maybe I, I think just kind of talking about the uncertainty of life and like I feel lost almost every day of my life, but I'm so okay with it. I'm so okay with it. It's like one of the best things to accept the fact that none of us know what we're doing and we're all wandering on this flying rock in space and it's totally okay wherever you're at. And that's like one of the main things I've done to accept myself is be okay with wandering without a direction sometimes and yeah. when i'm in different si- when i'm in santiago literally, Chile, now, literally. here in uh here in my works my workspace um you know i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave this workspace and i'm gonna have to map my way home again because i haven't really necessarily figured out the best route to get home and i'm terrible with direction but you know not just being physically lost but being mentally lost sometimes like is okay because it will serve you being able to critically analyze things and problem solve is great. So it's a privilege 
can be lost sometimes and be able to figure out how to find your way out and it builds character. So that's something that I want to, you know, leave people with in general. I like that. Yeah. Let's just end with that. Good shit. Where can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, yeah. If they want to, um, LinkedIn <laughs> with my name, uh, Jordan S com. two R's, two L's. Um, Instagram at J-S-E-N-S-I-R-J Spencer. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to link some stuff. Yeah. I like your newsletter. I read almost, I'm not going to say all of them, but I read some of them. And I read them like all the way through. I had one this week. I don't know if you read this one this week. Um, Yeah, I did. Actually, the capital G-O-D one, that one. Yeah, which this is a great way to like lose people is talk about drugs and God oh, and politics. But <laughs> the best, my favorite. Whatever. Okay, come stuff. back for the next episode. <laughs> oh. All right, cool. Unless you want, you don't want to talk about that. What time is it? No, we don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that today. Nobody got right. time for that. <laughs> the end. You're dedicated, and I love it. Thanks for sticking around, and if you haven't yet, please subscribe. It really helps me out, but also just to hang out and get weird with me every week. Drop me a line. I would love to know what you think.